Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of SIDcast. I am your host, David Gibson, and with me today is Jordan Alvis of Campbellsville University. Jordan, how are you? Doing very well, David. It's, uh, it's that time of year again, the Christmas holidays and everything, just not getting over with. It's that time of year, it's always a fun time to, as a sports information director, get a little bit of a break and get away from work and spend some time with family and friends. So, thanks for having me on, I appreciate it. No problem, uh, I guess... Per usual with every other guest, I will jump right into it. So you start as a baseball player for Campbellsville. What drew you to Campbellsville to begin with? Well, uh, I actually had uh, one of my buddies that I played high school with. Me and him made a decision to come to Campbellsville together. Uh, we were second base, third base. Um, and then actually our shortstop at the time actually went to one of our rivals, which was St. Catherine College, who actually just just closed this past year. But uh, it, it was kind of we all wanted to stay together in a way and, and stay close. And uh, Campbellsville gave me the opportunity to uh, further my education but also play a sport that I grew up uh, loving. And it was something that I really took advantage of. You transitioned from a baseball player to, to coach and had a ton of duties there. What were some of those? And Is that what you originally wanted to do? Well, when I when I started playing ball, I didn't really know. Uh, whenever I was a coach, or actually, I, I'll tell you a little bit of the story, of the background story of it. Um, we we went ahead uh, my sophomore year at the game. My sophomore year, uh, very first practice of the fall, I dove for a ball at shortstop to my left. Ended up coming down on my throwing hand on my uh, hand and broke kind of the outside part of my hand, <clears throat> and then. I was out all fall, missed everything from uh, all fall practice. So that put me a little bit behind the eight ball. And I'm not a big guy. I'm only about 5'7", uh, 160 pounds soaking wet. So I wasn't a big guy anyways. I had to uh, uh, kind of make a name for myself playing defense and getting on base, stealing bases. So that put me behind a little bit. Uh, went into the spring, didn't play as much as I wanted to in the spring. And uh, actually had some, uh, one of my, my grandparents passed away unexpectedly. So I missed a little bit of school, missed some baseball throughout the whole year. And um, going into my junior year, uh, the coaches just told me, uh, it, it's not great. You're probably not going to play as much as you, as you did your freshman year. You're just behind everybody now. Uh, so I took that opportunity. They said, we want to keep you on. Um, you do a great job in other aspects. So I took that opportunity to be a student coach. Um, and that was something from then on, I was like, oh, this is the door that, that God's opening for me. He closed one door, opening another. And that's something that I took advantage of. And uh, I was a student assistant coach for two seasons. How, then how did you get into sports information? Uh, well, after uh, after my two seasons as, a, as an assistant, um, basically I was I was really wanting to to go into coaching. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, but then uh, there were some things that happened here at the university uh, with Campbellsville baseball and the position that I thought I was going to be able to get as a GA didn't open up. And uh, the, the coach previously that had the position before actually stayed. And so I was looking to stay around. I love Campbellsville. It's only about an hour and a half from my hometown of Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and just south. And I love Campbellsville, the small action or the small campus feel. The, everybody's kind of uh, the athletic department kind of supports everybody, teams supporting each other. And so uh, an opportunity came up for a, a GA position in the sports information office. And I took advantage of that. And uh, I think that whenever uh, I, had, I had a girlfriend at the time and she was still in school, so that, I, that played a factor in as well. And um, so I took advantage of that opportunity as well. It was something totally new. I had zero experience, so 
my brother actually was a uh, he was a sports writer, sports editor at uh, the EKU paper, Eastern Kentucky University paper. Um, so the writing was in our background a little bit, and it was kind of the first time I actually had the opportunity to get into sports information, get into journalism and writing. And, um, I actually, when I started it, I just fell in love with it. You had the uh, you were a sports writer for a, a local paper, weren't you? Yes, my my first year as a GA, um, no, my second year as a GA, um, an opportunity came op- came open for a local sports editor position. Um, so I, I did that as well. I was uh, at the, in Greensburg, Kentucky, just about 10 minutes from here, the Greensburg uh, Record Herald. Um, they asked uh, one of our photographers here, who's a, who used to be the general manager over some of the papers here in, our, in, in Campbellsville. And, um, he asked me if I would be interested in, uh, in doing some sports with them. So I was like, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a sports editor position. I thought it was just helping them out here, mm-hmm. here and there taking some photos maybe, and then all of a sudden it just kind of, they said, you you do all the sports. I was like, okay, they paid me well, and um, I did that my second year as a GA. Uh, from about, uh, I guess, August till uh, middle of January, really enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, I got to, it's totally different from being an SID to a sports editor for a newspaper because obviously just a weekly paper it doesn't get out as much. Um, newspapers, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to go obsolete, but I do think that with social media and the internet now, it's really, they're putting, they're being put on the back burner. So it was another aspect I had to write more on deadlines, so to speak, to meet, to meet that uh, Wednesday drop. And then uh, um, I couldn't write as much as I wanted for, uh, for a website. Um, obviously a website, you can write as much as you want for a story. For a newspaper, you have this much space. And you can you can only uh, you can only fit your story into that. So that helped me actually actually with my writing as well. And I think that uh, instead of we talk about like babbling on with some of our writing and putting in words that aren't really needed, um, it helped me in my writing aspect. And and that was an opportunity that that I really enjoyed. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the. You were the GA, and then the head position came open. I mean, was there any hesitation? I mean, what was that job process like? Well, whenever uh, that, I mean, the, the previous sports information director, Chris Meganson, did a great job before me. He was here for, I believe, six or seven years, um, him and his wife, but just started a family. Obviously, we all know in this business, it's it's very tough sometimes to have the, the personal life and the family life, especially starting a family. Um, but he kind of built the program from scratch, the sports information office from scratch, had a website, uh, story, stats, everything like that. Um, so a lot of it goes to him. But with him, uh, he gave me my first GA position. Um, he was the one that kind of uh, took a risk on me. Um, so I was a GA for two years. I worked at the newspaper for about six or seven months. And then uh, whenever he decided to resign and leave, I actually ended up, uh, quitting at the newspaper, resigning there because I, I really wanted to focus in the spring, uh, middle of January on through May, really put all my effort into the uh, the sports information uh, department here and really show the athletic administration, hey, this guy's young, he's really energetic, he wants to do things right, he wants to change some things, um, and that's kind of how it all, it kind of fell in my lap in a way, um, but uh and I hated for Chris to, to move on because I think uh, with him and I, I took a lot of stress off of him. 
uh, the first couple of years, he didn't have as many as much help. Um, he taught me everything I know, and then whenever he ended up leaving, it just fell into my lap. And uh, the athletic administration here took another risk. A 24-year-old SID who's only been in the business for two years, uh, they they promoted me, and uh, the rest is history. So yeah, like you said. Uh Two years worth of experience. You're 24 years old, and in your first year with the department, uh, the department won 10 awards. A- am I correct? Yeah, the first year as as full time SID, um, I was actually when I was a GA, I started to uh, become a member of COSIDA, and uh, obviously, uh, <clears throat> COSIDA is really big in our profession. It's something that I feel like is something that. Uh, many people don't take advantage of, so to speak, and um, it's the networking, it's the learning from other people, and uh, I learned as a GA under Chris about what COSIDA was. We received some awards when I was a GA, so then whenever it was my first year as an SID, I was like, hey, let's submit these. We do a great job with certain aspects. Uh, let's see where we rank with other schools, and in the first year, uh, we claimed 10 media and publication uh, contest awards. Uh, through NAI SIDA, and that was something that I took a lot of pride in because I want to be the best I can at everything. It doesn't matter if it's uh, writing a story, doing a game day graphic, tweeting, taking photos, um, and that's what I like about the small college atmosphere is I have my hand in everything. Instead of just one or two things, I can have my hand in everything. If I want to go take photos one day, I can take photos. So that was something that um, we do a great job, and, and Chris started the social media uh, we've built it to the second or third highest in the NAI now, and uh, um, we were—I think we were second last year in, in most followers gained in Twitter, third in Facebook and Instagram. Um, so we, we're very lucky that Chris kind of set that precedent, and it was something that I wanted to continue on and uh, and build from what he started. What did that mean for you to get those awards, you know, so quickly? Oh, yeah, and it means a lot. It means, um, obviously, when I was a, a GA for two years, I gained relationships. I was lucky enough to go and fortunate enough, uh, fortunate enough to go and, and cover multiple national championships at the NAI level. Our women's basketball team was the NAI runner-up in 2014-15, and I was able to cover them. Um, I was a, I was able to, to just network with different people from the NAI, meet different SIDs and see how they do things and kind of compare them to what we do, kind of build my own, uh, I guess you can say, my own uh, strategy to do things. And, and that, I mean, that meant, that meant so much for them to, I guess, to award me and to recognize what we do at Campbellsville. Uh, we had posters. We started doing posters and schedule cards. And, and that was a really big hit, especially with graphics these days and how they've taken off the last three, four, five years with social media and, and just doing the posters and schedule posters and cards. and uh, We're lucky enough to have a corporate sponsor, Gerald Printing, who's out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, about an hour and a half south of us. And, uh, they, they help us with a lot of the, the uh, design work and the printing, and uh, they give us great deals on everything. So without their support, as uh, it wouldn't be possible either. Also in your first year, you oversaw <clears throat> excuse me, revamping of the website. What uh, drove you to do that? Well, our old website, if many of people that know Campbellsville before, it was very outdated. Uh, we had got a new website in 2008. Um, I don't remember. I was, I, was, I was a junior in high school in 2008. I don't know what was going on in 2008 at Campbellsville. 
but our website, to my knowledge, when I when I talked with SID Health, who was our website provider, was one of the very first ones SID Health ever did. And I mean, that was in that was 2008-9 is when they launched that one, and it was just very very old and outdated. Uh, there was a lot of limitations to it, and um, obviously young guy like me, I want to be the best I can. I go to different people's websites. Uh, I see, I'm a big UK fan. I see what Kentucky's done the last few years. And obviously we can't compare what a division one does to NAIA as much just because they have more resources and, and staff. But I wanted to be like some of the top D one programs. And that was something where I think the very first thing that we need to start with was a website. Cause that's the one stop shop. That's the first thing uh, for a, a potential student athlete whenever they come on uh, whenever a coach has contacted them well I want to see what Campbellsville University is all about well they go to our old website and it was just old didn't have a lot of information and then so that kind of whenever I was a GA it kind of started the, the thought process um, my first year as an SID about three or four months into it I asked my ED about it um, I actually said it in the interview process that's what I wanted to do and he was on board uh, so I asked my idea about it, went through the process of uh, uh, looking at different companies. Um, Sidearm is who we're with now. Uh, obviously, the SID helped. They do a great job. They just didn't offer some things that I wanted, and Sidearm uh, kind of matched their prices a little bit and gave me the things I wanted. And that was something that we took advantage of. And, um, I couldn't be any more happier. Uh, there's a few other changes we're going to make, obviously. I've never done website design, never, never even thought about it before the last year or two. So uh, it's kind of a learning process as we go, trial by error, so to speak. And uh, so that was something that I felt like is very important because that's the first place that somebody's going to go to and try to find out any information about Campbellsville University Athletics. What kind of creative freedom or, or say did you have with Sidearm? I mean, who did you look at for those website examples? Well, the, the first thing, uh, Sidearm's, uh, if you go to the Sidearm's website, they have uh, uh, their clients on there. Um, it's all the way from University of Florida, who's one of the top. Um, obviously, they won the Learfield Sports or the Directors Cup last year. Uh, the top program in NCAA Division One. They handle their website, um, and then you go all the way down to um, some NAI schools, Indiana Tech. Um, I'm trying to think, University of Pikeville, who's Indiana Tech. You have the Indiana Tech uh, T-shirt on there, so uh, Pikeville, who's got uh, who's got uh, the uh, uh, who's got sidearm as well, who's in our conference. Um, kind of just talked to some SIDs there and, and some other SIDs uh, through the Facebook posting and the, the, the SID pages that we have and, and just ask them for their input. Uh, those Facebook pages are, I mean, I look at them almost every day, uh, seeing what other people are asking, what other ideas people have. And that's, it's been something that we've added uh, that, I'm, like I said, I look at it every day and I take a lot of that stuff and I, I use it. Um, so it, it was something that I felt like with the creativeness and the XML functionality and, and just matching the pricing was huge. They, we have our live video through a sidearm as well. Um, basically anybody that wants to watch our, any of our athletic events, they go to campbellsvilletigers.com slash watch instead of going through stretch and which I love stretch. They were great. Uh, but sidearm met, met, uh, kind of beat their prices a little bit. And that was something that intrigued me. We have HD quality, it's right there on our website. Nobody has to go out to an outside uh, link, um, and, and I really enjoy it. Um, there, like I said, there's some changes I want to do with our website, with our homepage, and our main 
main pages for uh, sports, but uh, there are there are so many different things I can do with sidearm. It gives you so many other options you can do, and uh, just the like you talk about, like the design and the creativeness. I basically had no limitations. I could do whatever I wanted, um, and that was something that uh, I really took advantage of. You also coordinate efforts with a lot of uh, TV and radio productions for the athletic department. What what is that like, and what are, what's kind of the process like for that? Well, for for us at Campbellsville, we're very lucky. We have our own campus TV and radio station, um, so we have our own broadcasting department. A lot of teams uh, take that use that as their advantage. Um, we have coaches' shows uh, once every week. Uh, the football coach has his own show. We used to do basketball coaches' shows. Um, and then we had a show called Inside C Sports uh, that the, my predecessor, Chris Megginson, started a couple years back. And, um, so moving forward, obviously, it's all student-led. Um, everything that we do, is the students are getting experience uh, for the shows. Uh, somebody, uh, we have a student running the camera. We have a student running graphics. We have a student running the TriCaster. Um, and then I'm on camera with a coach. Um, and that's, that's how they learn. Um, and that's something we, we take advantage of. Um, we're very lucky to have that because they work hand-in-hand hand with us with the Campbellsville University Sports Network. We, we broadcast all of our football, basketball, and about three-quarters of our softball and, and uh, baseball games on the radio station. It's a, it, I mean, it goes out 88.7 FM, um, and then you can listen online. So it's something that a lot of schools don't necessarily have that campus radio station. We just we throw a student in there that's getting experience running the radio board and producing it, and then they're getting experience, and then we're getting our games on the air, and it doesn't cost athletics a thing. Um, so that's something we're very lucky with. Um, it's a lot of work hosting those shows. I do the uh, We have the Tiger Tailgate show for football. We do a 30-minute pregame show before football kickoff on Saturdays for home and away on TV. And it's something that, um, it, it's a lot. It's something for the fall. Uh, we record those on Thursday afternoon and then, uh, or Thursday morning, excuse me, for about two or three hours. Um, and then um, it's ready for kickoff on Saturday for, for home games on TV and then just radio for away games. But uh, Inside CU Sports is something that, uh, we record every Tuesday. We have a time slot in the studio to record uh, with all of our coaches. We, we use every every sport now. It's not just basketball coaches shows or a football coaches show. Uh, we kind of, we I guess you can say, uh, focus on basketball in the winter. It's kind of the biggest sport right now as basketball gets the most attention. Um, and then we, we plug in other sports. Wrestling may compete one week and they, not, they may not complete the next. Swimming one week, they may not uh, compete the next. So basketball is usually every single week uh, while they're in season, and that's a reason why we focus on them. But um, we, I have every Sunday night usually, I do my Player of the Week nominations, and then I, I get ready for the show that we record on Tuesday. I get graphics to them on Monday, what I want, and then I get a script together and I send it to them, and uh, they start working on everything. So it's we're very very lucky to have them. They have all the camera equipment. They spend thousands of thousands of dollars on sports every year, and that's something that uh, you just can't beat at, at our level. For those that want to start their own TV or radio shows, uh, what tips would you give to them? Oh, man. Uh, well, um, I think it's something. You want to be very organized. Um, you want to know what you're getting into before you do it. Uh, in the past, what we've done is we did 
um, inside of CU Sports was just a 30-minute show. Um, this year, we moved it to an hour because we took away the coaches' shows, so to speak, for basketball. We didn't have individual shows for them. We moved them to inside CU Sports. Um, so we, we, we went from a 30-minute show to an hour show. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same thing as we basically, we, like I said, we talk about basketball and stuff, but I had to know going in how much work it was going to be to, I mean, basically produce a, a one-hour show. And that's something that um, it was, I didn't know going in was going to be a lot, as much work as it is. Um, you think of, on usually Mondays and Tuesdays are the busiest days for SIDs in the office without many events going on. Um, and I had to add that, all the TV stuff, with that. Um, so organization and knowing what you're getting into is the first tip, I would say, for, for somebody just now starting to want to, to want to start something. I do think it's a very good start um, at our level because um, the, the teams that don't get the recognition as much as football and basketball, um, you get them on the air and you kind of throw them a bone, so to speak, and it, it helps them promote their program. Um, how many times, I mean, how many shows out there promote swimming on the radio? There's not many that I know of. Um, you, our, our coach goes to... Uh, swimming recruit and they're saying yeah we we do a lot of video for swimming we do uh, we have we're on the coaches show uh, inside CU sports three or four times throughout the winter whenever we have meets uh, and that's with cross country swimming track wrestling bowling we have all kinds of different sports bass fishing and archery and, and women's wrestling men's wrestling I mean it's it's crazy how many sports can get coverage on that uh, for just a one-hour show, a uh, one-hour weekly show. So it, it gives those other sports some recognition they deserve, um, and it helps keep the playing field a little bit even. So what are some of the, the biggest challenges? I know you, you mentioned a couple of them, but what are the biggest challenges faced with those productions? Um, relying on students is the biggest thing. You have Remember, you have student schedules um, that you have to work around. The students go to class, and then uh, they may be an intern, and they may, may be a work-study inside the it's called WLCU is, is the TV and radio station um, so they may they may be down there for class and then they're there as a work study for the next three hours so you have to you have to work around their schedules with getting them graphics for the show uh, so you can have graphics so it's just not a camera on somebody um, I don't want my big mug on the camera for an hour that's for sure so um, uh, we get graphics, we get highlight films, we get videos, uh, we get interviews with, with uh, student-athletes and coaches, um, stuff like that. So getting that early to them is, is, is very critical because then they have all day Monday and all day Tuesday to put it together so we can record the show um, so it can be there when we record. It's so much easier to record a show when you have your graphics there and you actually play it as a quote-unquote live show um, nobody really knows it's not live uh, because we have all that there. Um, so that's something that is, is very challenging to work around their schedules. But the next thing with students is relying on the students. Um, obviously, they're using it for experience. They're learning as we go. I'm learning as I go. And that's something that I'm. I, it's challenging for me to, to uh, delegate to the students and say, hey, this is your job to do. I can do it and get it done, and I know it's done. But now I have to rely on them and delegate to them and say, hey, this is what we need for the show this week. You have a day and a half to get it done. 
it's your job to get it done. You're producing the show, whatever it may be. And that's something where uh, Jeannie Clark, who's the WLCU uh, general manager, uh, she takes a lot of pride in it. She makes sure things get done. So uh, relying on the students and making sure uh, you work around their schedules is, is the toughest part for us with the student-led TV and radio stations. So where do you see uh, the show going as far as coverage? And, and I mean with live events. Uh, are, are you going to cover more sports? I mean, where, where can this go? Well, with WLCU TV and radio, it's not just the CU Sports Network. It's, it, they, they did election coverage when, when the presidential election was going on that night. Obviously, it's not something I doubt, highly doubt, that people from across the country are going to tune in to WLCU TV to listen in to the presidential election. Um, obviously, that's what uh, the big the big boys are for. But it's great experience for these for these students. Um, we did the local election. We did the the city council. We did the local congressmen. We did the local judges. Whatever it may be, um, they covered that. So it's a little bit more difficult. But they understand what they have to do um, outside of sports as well. Most of them aren't sports people. They just want to get into the broadcasting side of it, and we have to teach them the sports side. And that's where my office comes into play is uh, we have to show them, hey, whenever you may do this for this this broadcast, but for sports you probably don't want to change cameras. Um, you want to stay here. Uh, just different aspects of it um, and learning as you go. But where I see it going in the future is WLCU TV and radio covering all of our home events. Um, they have the capabilities. They have the TriCasters. They have the cameras. Like I said, they have a thousand. They have thousands of dollars worth of equipment, and it's more experience that the students get. Uh, we're lucky to have all of our football games on local TV, all of our basketball games on local TV, and it's through WLCU TV. So uh, it's a student-led broadcast. They get experience. Our games get out on TV, and then they also send that feed to Sidearm. It's out on the internet. So now instead of just a one-camera shot at a football game, we have a four- or five-camera shot, and it's something that uh, obviously they're learning. Uh, they're learning camera side of it, camera operations, TriCaster producing, replay. I mean, they're doing everything. So that's my goal in the next uh, two or three years is to get them to do all football, basketball, in addition to those, but do soccer, women's volleyball, men's volleyball, baseball, softball, tennis, um, wrestling. We're, we're actually scheduling some wrestling events on, on TV this year um, on our local TV station. So um, that's that's where I want, would like to see it go. Um, and then that way, obviously, as a small college SID, I, I, don't, I don't have a full-time assistant yet. I have a part-time assistant and a GA. And it's very tough for me to handle stats, the media, media table, and also make sure the live video is working and to help radio and to do different things during a game. It, it takes a lot of stress and, and toll on me. So um, if they could take the video side of it, that takes more or less stress off me or more stress off me. and um, It makes our broadcast improve 100% because they have the capabilities of doing that. What's your favorite moment so far of your time at CU? I would definitely say, well, there's a few. Um, a couple years ago when our women's basketball team went to the national championship game, it was the first team championship uh, in school history, a team championship appearance in school history. Um, actually, it was a, it's a crazy story, and I'll keep it short here, but they, uh, our men 
and women were going out there to, to Kansas City. Uh, the women were in Independence for two years. They're going to Billings, Montana this year. Uh, the men are always in, in Kansas City at the Municipal Auditorium. Um, I was lucky to go, uh, I'm trying to think, was this my first year or second year? This was my, this was, oh, I'm trying to think, this was my second year as a GA. My first year as a GA, they had it in, the women's tournament was in Frankfurt, uh, Kentucky, which is about uh, an hour and 45 minutes from here, so it worked out great. <clears throat> but my second year as a GA, both men and women were going out there. It was the first year it was going to be in Independence for the women, um, 15 miles apart, great setup. We could cover both teams. Uh, we don't have to split up, and one team gets better coverage than the other. Short, uh, Long story short, I, I was supposed to cover the men's team. Um, uh, the day before we leave, we get a call from our bus company that the bus drivers quit. We didn't have a bus driver, so we had to take the 15 passenger vans all the way out to Kansas City with 610, 611, 68. So instead of taking one big bus, everybody's together, we had to take five or six vans out. Well, when you take five or six vans, that means you need five or six drivers. Well, I needed, I was summoned to drive one of the vans, which I didn't mind to, didn't think much about it. And, and honestly, we thought going in that the men had a better shot of advancing that year. They had won the regular season uh, championship, the tournament championship in the Mid-South. Uh, and the Mid-South is one of the best in the NAI in all sports. And uh, so we, we honestly thought the men had a better, a better chance. So. The men actually ended up getting beat in the second round, and the women go all the way to the championship game. Well, uh, those that follow NAI basketball, they go to the national tournament, they know that the game times never stay on schedule. doesn't matter. One game's going to go into overtime, and it's going to push everything back. It's how it happens every year. So our game actually in the second round didn't air. It didn't start till about 11.30, 12 p.m. Eastern time, and, or 12 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, so it was midnight when our game actually went on. We had, we had it on the radio. We we had it. Uh, we were covering it just like normal. They ended up losing a close game. I write my story. It's about 2 or 3 a.m. when I get done. Um, we post everything. We do highlights. We do interviews, whatever it may be. Well, then the coach sends me a text and says, hey, we're leaving at 10 a.m. Need you to drop a band back. So our women are still in the tournament. <clears throat> I had planned on, okay, I was with the the men, now I'm going to go with the women and help them with their coverage. So it was just me and one other guy that was out here working. We, uh, I, I texted our AD, I was like, is there anything we can do? And he said, no, there's nobody else, we need you to drive them back. Our women were playing in the quarterfinals that, uh, yeah, the quarterfinals that night, the Elite Eight. And uh, on the way back, obviously I was mad. I'd only gotten like three hours of sleep. I had to drive back from Kansas City. Um, on the way on the way back home, our women were down 19 points to Bethlehem University out of Tennessee with about 15 minutes to go. I kind of thought to myself, like, you know what, I'm, I'm glad I came back now. They, they got beat. I don't have to come back tomorrow. I'm already home. Well, our women come back and win, and it was the biggest game in program history, the biggest, the biggest uh, come-from-behind win. And um, we get home about with five minutes left to go in the game that night. For the women, I'm listening to it on our campus radio station, and we, uh, whenever they end up winning, I text my AD and I said, "Is there any way that, um, or is there anything else that I need to do for the women's tournament?" He said, uh, "Why don't you just come on back out?" So I turned right around, I went home, did my laundry, threw it in a suitcase, came all the way back out to Kansas City. I think I made it in there in record time. I was mad, I was having to drive back out, but 
the women, they win the final four. They beat uh, Freed Hartman in the final or the Fab Four uh, when they go in the national championship game. And uh, it, that's one of my favorite memories. We joke about it all the time. But uh, driving back and forth to Kansas City in the span of 24 hours, I could get there without a GPS, that's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, when you see other SIDs in your conference division or even the country, and you look at them and you say, that is a good SID. What characteristics do they have? Meeting deadlines and making sure stories go up on time. Um, stories are the, obviously the big part of it. That's, that's what a lot of people think we do, stories and photos. Uh, but obviously it's so much more than that. Um, but you go to a website, our goal after a game is to have stories, photos, everything posted with, within two hours after the event. Um, we have when we're on the road, we have hot spots we use so we can work on the in the in the vans and on the bus wherever it may be. Uh, we go to dinner with the team. We're traveling with the team. The team goes to dinner after the game. We're sitting there at the dinner table work, um, and that's something that I feel like is very important to get things out in a timely manner. Um, I, I teach a class here, sport media as well, and that's something that I I, I preach to them is about when you beat a a top three team in football um, on homecoming, the first time you've ever beat them, whatever it may be, you want to keep that momentum going after the game. You don't want to post something the next day. Nobody's probably going to read it. You want to post it as soon as possible after the game and get all your highlights, your videos, your interviews, your photos, whatever it may be. And uh, that's one thing that I've learned from a lot of the SIDs in the conference. And there's some SIDs throughout the country that may wait till the next day. Maybe they have reasons to wait. I don't know. Um, but that's something that I don't, I don't take, I don't allow. Uh, make sure we get stories up that day. No, don't matter how late we have to stay up. Uh, especially if you have, when it's crossover season, you have eight teams playing. You got to get eight stories up that day, whatever it may be. Uh, we that's one thing that I take a lot of pride in, is meeting those deadlines and and making sure things go up. And um, I think from our conference standpoint. Um, the graphics have really started to come together a little bit more. Um, obviously, that's what the student-athletes love. Um, you, you see all of the big-time D1s using these cool, very creative graphics, very creative highlight videos, and that's something that I feel like has started to... Uh, when I was a GA, I kind of started it here, and now the other SIDs are, are picking up on it and doing their own things. And uh, But I think just the making sure stories get up on time, making sure your website's updated in a timely manner, uh, the social media aspect, the graphics, uh, social media involvement. And then the last thing is just hospitality. Whenever I go on the road, because we travel with a lot of our teams, um, when I go on the road to one team or one school, and I'm not saying you have to be the best of the best, but making sure there's an internet line or a phone line for our radio, making sure our, um, just they ask us if we need anything, everything's taken care of, they have spots available. Um, that's something that some SIDs do, some don't uh, throughout the whole country. You know, whether um, that's something that they're a one-man shop or, or whatever, but uh, that's something that I take a lot of pride in. On, on Sunday nights or Monday, I'll usually send out an email to the opposing SIDs that we play home or away and say, hey, uh, Campbellsville Softball plays at your place on Friday, Saturday. I'm making the trip with the team. Here's our roster pronunciations. Here's our here's our stat crew roster, wherever it may be. Um, I plan on doing a radio broadcast. Can you tell me if there's a phone line? Is there internet? I do that 
at least a week ahead in advance. And that's something that um, whenever uh, we host teams, I want to make sure that the SIDs come in and they have everything they need when they get there. It's not something that they wait on. Um, uh, they they don't have a, a phone line. Uh, they may not. Uh, uh, they may have to run their phone line 23rd feet down the media table instead of it already being there for them. And it's the small things like that that I've talked to other SIDs in the conference, and they're saying, "Thank you for getting this done. It, it makes it so much easier on us." And I take a lot of pride in the small things like that. One thing, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Well, oh man, that's a tough one. Because there's a lot of things. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, we're all learning. It doesn't matter how long we've been in the business, how short we've been in the business. Um, if we're at University of Florida all the way to Campbellsville University, it doesn't matter. Um, we're all learning. There's always, uh, when I started, there was, I made a list of things that I wanted to do. Then I made a list of things that other conference or other schools in our conference do well, um, and then things that they that I think that did not do well. So then I and then I made my big list of the things I wanted to do as my as my uh, during my time as an SID here, um, slowly marking them off the list: the websites, the social medias, the the radio and TV shows, revamping them, whatever it may be. Um, but golly. Uh, I wish I knew you were going to ask me that. I would have got my list out. We could have just went on forever. But yeah. um, I think one of the things that um, would be good to learn more about is the video side of it. Um, I'm not as well trained. I wasn't when I started. I didn't know anything about Stat Crew, DAC Stats, SID Help, Sidearm, Video Stretch, whatever. I didn't know a thing. I remember my very first day on the job. My uh, the SID gave me a signing story. I'd never written a story in my life about student athletes. So I had to learn on the fly, and that's how I learned. Um, hands on, learning on the fly, trial and error whenever I'm setting up video stuff, whatever it may be. Well, uh, with the TV station here, obviously, we're, we work hand in hand with them. Um, they start throwing out words I don't even know or about the video side of it. The last year and a half, we started doing highlight videos, and um, I've taught myself Final Cut Pro and Adobe Premiere, and um, it's something that I'm slowly learning. That's something I, that's on the list. I want to do highlight videos after every home event, um, no matter what it is, um, interviews with head coaches after every home event. So um, that's something that I've had to teach myself along the way, but obviously I know the bare minimums to, to put a, uh, to clip it, put some animation to it maybe, and, and get it out there. Uh, but that's something I would love to learn more about, the highlight videos, stuff like that. Because at this level, we don't have the people to create the highlight videos as much, the pump-up videos, so to speak. Um, so that's something I would love to add to the arsenal. What's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? One piece of advice I'd give to a student going in this, in this in, into this profession is to just work as hard as you can. Um, as a GA... I worked my butt off for two years. Um, I worked, uh, only supposed to work 20 hours a week. I bet I probably worked 40 or 50 and um, got paid, obviously not anywhere near a GA where a full-time person would make. Um, but I took it as an opportunity to learn everything I could, soak everything up because after the first few months of working in this position, I figured it out. This is 
this is where I want to be. Uh, you, you can't you can't beat it. I mean, they pay me, they pay me to watch sports and to cover sports. I go on. I've been all the way across America and international events and whatever, and they pay me to do that stuff. So I mean, you can't beat that. Um, so I've learned so much by doing that. But uh, just how, the reason I got this opportunity is because I worked my butt off as a GA. Um, they saw that I was I was this is what I wanted. I was committed to Campbellsville, um, and that's something too is just committing. Um, and really buying into what the university does, the athletic department, uh, but also using that as a as a platform as well to 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 do the right thing. And I feel like uh, it's something that I took advantage of as a GA. But I worked my butt off, uh, showed administration this is where I wanted to be. This is how you, this is what you would expect if I was the SID. They took a risk, and and, and uh, like I said earlier. The rest is history, but uh, they gave me an opportunity, and I'm trying to take fully advantage of it. What's your work-life balance? That's the biggest, that's the toughest part. Uh, for a young SID, when I was a GA, I said, I mean, I worked 40 or 50 hours. Um, I was taking grad, uh, graduate classes, getting my master's, um, and then obviously trying to to still have friends. I, obviously, uh, my first or second year as a GA, I went to school with a lot of the student athletes at the time, so I had to kind of, I had to know my limitations, okay, hang out with these people, can't hang out with these people, uh, these were my friends before I got the job, can I still be friends with them? And that was something I struggled with till this day. Um, actually, this the senior class this past year, um, they were freshmen whenever I was a senior in school, so I knew a lot of them, was friends with a lot of them. We, we, there would be times where we would, we would go and we'd go to the softball house and we'd all cook dinner together. We'd watch uh, different shows or whatever it may be. And then we'd play game, we'd have game nights, play cards. And that was something that as a senior I did with some of those freshman softball players. That's what we did. Well, then I knew, hey, whenever I was the full time SID, I can't do that now. So it, it was very tough for me to, uh, to put the friendships aside. And, and they understood. Um, now, uh, during the crossover season, my my uh, I guess my what's the word I'm looking for? Golly, um, I can't think of it now. My uh, pride. There we go. My pride. I have too much pride to let things slip. When it's a busy time of the year, I don't want to be the guy that they say, "Well, during the busy time, things start to slip. Why is the story not going up?" Why does this team have an interview at the end on for video and this team does whatever it may be? Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll work my butt off as much as I can, and it's it's tough as a young SID because um, I don't have a significant other. Um, it's hard as a 24, 25 year old SID to um, to make friends because there's not many people here my age in Campbellsville. Um, I've gotten really close to a lot of the coaches, and we all. Uh, we, we all hang out after work and stuff like that, but it's something that I've really, I've struggled with, I'll be honest with you, I've struggled with from the very get-go, but it's something that I feel like is getting better and the, the more I'm into it because the older SIDs, they say, hey, you need to quit working as much, you need to leave the office at five instead of eight. Um, whenever you don't have, a, have an event, you can do that tomorrow, it can wait, whatever, and, and I hate to say it, but so they're right, and uh, I would never admit that to them. Uh, Because I have too much pride, I don't want to let them know that they were right. But 
um, a lot of them they they took me under their underneath their wing and um, they've showed me the way the last few years and, and I'm very very grateful for them as well. If uh, someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do it? Just for like questions or comments or anything? Yeah, uh, my email address is JT Alvis, A L V as in Victor E S at Campbellsville.edu. Um, somebody send me a, uh, they can go on CampbellsvilleTigers.com, get my contact info there under the athletic department uh, tab. They go there and then go to staff directory. Um, I'm on the staff directory. Uh, cell phone number, office number, email, whatever it may be, any questions like that, I'd be more than happy to uh, to answer some questions. Or if some people had some insight for me, um, say, hey, uh, your work-life balance, whatever it may be, um, stuff like that, video side of it, um, I would be more than happy to answer some questions, get some insight for them, and, and that can only help us. Uh, we're all in this profession together. So um, it's something that I take a lot of pride in and asking others. I, I'm not afraid to ask questions, that's for sure. Jordan, that was it. That was well, I appreciate thing. it, man. No problem. Uh, wasn't too bad, was it? No, it wasn't too bad at all. I, I like to talk, so I was I was rambling on, I'm sure. No, you're fine. You're fine. One of the better ones. All right, everybody. Uh, I got to do my outro now. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a cold the past couple of days. So, this we're recording this, uh, like, what? New Year's Eve Eve, basically, yeah. if you ever watch Friends. Um... So we want to say, we all want to say that uh, a Merry Christmas, even though that this episode's going to be coming out way after Christmas, um, and I'll be releasing one today, and today's a Friday, um, saying, giving an update, you know, a formal Merry Christmas. So that was episode nine of SIDcast with Jordan Alvis of Campbellsville University. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud uh, as SIDcast. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, at Sports InfoCast, and I believe Instagram is actually SIDCast. Um, so you can find us on there. And if you have a friend that uh, could get something out of this, or uh, and you get something out of this, and you think that it's a great little outlet and great little tool just to learn and share ideas, um, don't be afraid to to share that because you know everybody likes to have that that large listenership. So. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode.